Tommy, you hear me, my guy? Hi, Jay. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well, man. You know what? We're just going to start the podcast right now. And we're back, guys. We're back. Dude, we needed 48 hours after that game. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm still in disbelief that that occurred. That was honestly the wildest opener for NFL game I probably have ever watched. Like, by the way, I am just my party. Tommy Stewart's back with me. That was just crazy. We're going to recap the Bengals Steelers game from Sunday. And then we're going to talk about a negatives because there is a lot of negatives in this game, but also there was positives. And then we're going to move on from this game and then we're on to Dallas. But first we have to recap this game. Tommy, how are you doing? First of all, I'm doing well, Jesse, you know, I've had uh week's going well so far. I've had a, a little bit of time to digest this game and was definitely in a tougher mood on Sunday afternoon than I am right now, but doing better and uh, hope you're doing well. I could hear your listen to your podcast right after the game and definitely got some raw thoughts, but I could hear some, some true sadness behind that voice. So hopefully you're doing better today. Listen, I told you guys last week that I was going to every after every Bengals game, I was going to record my instant reaction. And honestly, when the game went into overtime, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I just hope the Bengals pull it off. And they didn't. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I got to go do this podcast. Like, I was so unmotivated. I mean, I was recording stats the whole game. And I just was looking at the paper. And I wasn't even just – I was just bullshitting it. Like, honestly, I was just – wanted to get over it but I did it because I love my fans I love my listeners so I had to do it but now with 48 hours removed and I can you know just decompress and get out my thoughts from the game so let's get to it so there's a lot of negatives from this game and number one five turnovers that you're not gonna win a football game with five turnovers but the Bengals <laughs> they were they were almost that close I think I saw a stat on CBS saying that the last team to have a minus four turnover margin and, and won the, on the same day, I believe, I mean, sorry, the same game, I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals. They said that happened in 2013, I believe. So when I saw that stat, I'm like, wow, the Bengals are going to be the second team. But they didn't deserve to win that game. Five turnovers, no, you're not going to win that game. So obviously. And then it was a I wrote that down as a negative because Burrow did get sacked seven times, but I'll talk about the O-line later because I believe the O-line did better. I think everyone just look at seven sacks and assume, oh, well, the Bengals have the same O-line. You're going to get Joe Burrow killed. He's going to retire, you know, when he's 30, blah, blah, blah. But I believe the O-line played better than what people think. So, and then our boy Joe Burrow, four interceptions, a fumble loss, Honestly, Burge could have had six picks because, remember, he had one interception that was called back because the Steelers had a penalty on them. And then the fumble lost. He he got sacked. He lost the ball, and the Steeler guy picked it up. So does that count as interception, right? I kind of thought that that one was going to get called an interception because it was like a strip sack, but it landed in the guy's hands. So since right. it never hit the ground, I was a little confused on why that wasn't. Um, right, but either way, you're right. I mean, the one did get called back, so realistically, he could have started this campaign with six picks for sure, for sure. Yeah, so 
and you can blame it was just this is probably his worst game of his career. You can say the Bears game was from last year in week two, but Joe just looked off. Obviously he had that actomdectomy surgery. That was I think that's probably the cause of it, but also just not playing with the offensive line and not getting a lot of reps in training camp because of missing time because of having that surgery did do a part in this game. And it just felt like a preseason game for the starters, you know, other than Jamar Chase, but it felt like a preseason game and a defense. It just seemed like the offense was just out of sync. And I just, it just felt like a preseason game. So I just think that Joe just missed a lot of throws that he's smarter than that. You can blame the rust, but, some of those throws, including the pick six that he had, that Mika Fitzpatrick uh, picked it off. Um, we're gonna, you know, watch a, hear a clip from that. You, you ready for the? You want you want to hear this clip? Because I got it on YouTube already. <laughs> let's so do it. yeah, let's get ready for this. So unless my laptop wants to load. And, okay. Okay, you got sacked right here. Oh my gosh. What was your thoughts when that happened? <laughs> I think I texted you right when that happened. Cause I was, <laughs> I, I was, I'm not used to after watching the playoff run last year, when everything started to click, it looked like everything was going really well for burrow and just the team chemistry in general and then something like that happened and it was i don't know if he didn't see make a fitzpatrick but like that the play was nowhere near open it was a horrible decision to throw there and i don't know like you said i don't know if it's blaming the rust or that with the appendectomy if he didn't have enough time to work with the o-line and didn't trust him yet you know, he was spending a lot of time on the ground yesterday, but he was holding on to it kind of long. I felt like he was making a lot of throws that he can make and will make the rest of the year. But yesterday, I, yeah, I don't know if there just wasn't enough time to do it. But that throw, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, one of the best safeties in the game is standing right there. And even if Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't right there, there were two other guys that could have picked that ball off where it was so I don't know if he just missed something if like not playing in preseason at all it messes up like the field vision when you're playing real opponents as opposed to just your own team but I don't know it was that that one started it off and I was like okay first play is a sack and the second play and the first throw is a pick six and it felt I, (laughs) I don't know it felt like the the same old Bengals for a little bit there, but I knew that we, I I got out of that mind mindset or mind space pretty quickly, knowing that we're not the same old Bengals and this is a, a new team and just a really bad game. But it was, um, I was in a bad place to start this game. Yeah, for real. Like I get it. It's like I wasn't thinking about the same old Bengals mindset. It just felt like, oh, you know, the Steelers are gonna come out to play because they have lost three in a row to the Bengals. You know, everybody's thinking that this game was going to be a Bengals blowout, which both of us did not think of that because yeah. this is still a rivalry game. And I knew Pittsburgh defense is still a top 10 defense. And I'm just like, 
when those two occasions happened with Cam Hayward getting the sack on Burr on the first play of their the Bengals offensive drive of the year, of course, a sack. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And then the pick six, I was just like, damn, these expectations are different. So I was like, I didn't say anything. I just saw the interception, and I just, like, looked at the TV. I'm like, okay, all right, let's, let's, let's hope Burr can settle down. And, he, I mean, he had four turnovers in the first half. Like, that was just – just not Burr, and he played better in the second half. And one thing I love about Burr is that he doesn't let you know the negative plays affect his game. You know, when Andy Dalton was here, I mean, I I I liked Andy. You know, he did a lot, but whenever he, he has a bad game, he will have a bad game throughout the whole game. Burr will find a way to like just forget about it, move on, and. He almost brought the team back. So I think that's one thing I like about Joe is that he has a um, a short memory. He'll forget about it and just move on. So yeah. overall, I'm looking overall, I'm looking at stats. He went 33 for 53. He threw the ball 53 times, which is ugh. 338 yards, two touchdowns, four picks, sacked seven times, a QB weighting of 61.7. So he'll be better. I'm I'm not worried about him. And after the game, after he got done with his post game stuff for the media, I saw a tweet from somebody in I believe it was Fox 19. Some guy, sports reporter, said that Joe Burr was after everybody left. After everybody left, with the media left, the players left. He was the only person in his locker room, like just staring. And I could see that he has that mindset where you know what? It's like I'm pissed off. I lost. I'm pissed off that we lost. He's pissed off that be- he feels like he's a part of the reason why they lost the game, and he is. But he he takes that shit personal, and it's almost like like it's like that Michael Jordan mindset, like you said in the podcast last week. Beware, beware, NFL, because this this shit won't happen again. It won't. I mean, knock 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 on wood. Okay, just <laughs> knock on wood. That doesn't happen again. So don't worry. I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. But if he gets sacked like seven times again, then I'm just going to be like, oh, God, this is like 2021 all over again. But four picks, four turnovers in the first half, that's 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 not going to happen, right? It no won't chance. happen again. No, no way. And, no. yeah, I agree. There's That's an anomaly game. It's, it's going to be one that we hopefully, you know, knock on wood again, that we're looking at this later as, you know, the same thing as – Aaron Rodgers last year it it could look something very much like that and I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the year go crazy but right last year Aaron Rodgers first game of the year he was 15 for 28 threw for 133 yards (laughs) zero picks and two interceptions and then the rest of the year the other 16 games he threw two interceptions so he throw he threw the same amount of interceptions in the first game as he did the entire rest of the year and There, there's games like that where, you know, I'm sure there's no way that Burrow will only throw for two more interceptions the entire rest of the year, I'm sure, just because, right. you know, for that just doesn't happen. People don't throw those right. that few interceptions like Aaron Rodgers does. But I can imagine it going something like that where he gets into a groove, he gets more comfortable with the offensive line. Hopefully yeah. Higgins isn't out with a concussion for too long and yeah. he gets yep. all the weapons back. I really liked what I saw from Hurst in this game. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, a lot of really good stuff to learn from the game. And, you know, we try not to look too much at the moral victories, but 
realistically, our defense played very well, even though we played truly terrible and had that many turnovers. We still almost won the game and should have won the game in like two or three different situations. You know, if we, it, I mean, who thinks the extra point's going to get blocked? You know, that never happens. And you got to, I mean, part of that's on Zach too, to, if you know you don't have your long snapper, you know, even our commentators on CBS were talking about how the snaps are a little slower when you're not using your normal long snapper. So then you got to, you got to block a little more. And as a, as a coach, you should probably know those things and, you know, take a timeout if you need to, there's three seconds left in the game. Just take a timeout if you have to, or whatever you need to do to make sure that your guys are ready for the just one play that you need to work. And unfortunately that one gets blocked. That's not going to happen much. (laughs) You know, that's just not something that really happens. And I mean, the defense for, there was one pick six. They got seven points based on defense, but our defense was throughout the entire week one. We're top 10 in total yards allowed, passing yards allowed and rushing yards allowed. We're sixth, ninth and seventh. So the defense played very well. Even when Burrow made some mistakes, we had some, some turnovers. They, the Steelers, I know they're not, you know, an explosive offense or anything like that, but we still held our own and, stayed in the game the entire time and I don't like moral victories generally at the end of games but if there is any silver lining from this it's that I'm pretty positive we're not going to see another game like that from Joe Burrow and a lot of things should get tightened up and we still almost won this game and had several opportunities to win the game and like you said earlier with with Andy no knock on Andy I I loved Andy but if he had a bad game, it was it was going to be a, a brutal hour of football to watch. <laughs> and now that's just not the case. What, no matter what happens, no matter if he threw a pick, fumble, got sacked three times on the last drive, he's going to come out and assume that he's going to go score a game-winning touchdown. And the fact that we have that mentality and all of that with his weapons, I think is just something that can't be beat and shows the new – Bengals era that we live in and hopefully those turn into wins more often and thank God for Jamar Chase. Jamar, yeah, yeah, those are excellent points. Thank God for Jamar Chase. Absolutely. Like those are good positives you had. I'm gonna still dwell on the negatives just for another minute. The clock management towards the end of overtime. The why I why are you punching the ball? With 15 seconds left of the play clock, I don't get that. And Zach Taylor said after the game that, you know, I think he, what did he say? He said, he said, he said some, he said something. <laughs> he was like, like, whatever you got to do to get everybody on the same page. Sure, I'm like, yeah, what does yeah, that mean? That yeah, I'm like, I was like, Zach, that's a terrible excuse, my man. That's terrible. Like, that's probably your worst excuse ever as a head coach. No, stop it. Like, that was that. Oh, I I thought I was the only one that caught that because I'm watching the game. I always look at the play clock, and I was just like, we're punching the ball. Oh, yeah, by the way, before that happened, when Burrow got sacked, and he fumbled the ball, and then Pirine picked it up and ran it for, like, about, like, four yards. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, yeah, what, what is what? that rule? I have never heard of that rule in my entire life. 
Burrow said that he knows that rule. So I hate that the fumbler has to be the person to retrieve the ball back. I mean, to advance the ball, whatever. And I'm just like, what? The ball's on <laughs> the ground. It should be, it's loose for everybody, right? I know. So I don't understand that. So whatever. But yeah, punching a ball with 15 seconds left in the play clock, that was just, come on, Zach. Come on now. And then not challenging Jamar Chase's touchdown where he caught the ball and his foot was in the end zone line, right? But yeah. it wasn't determined. Like, they didn't say that the ball crossed the pylon. I mean, isn't it true that if the if the player's his whole body's in the end zone line, it's still a touchdown. It doesn't It doesn't matter where the ball is, right? I forget exactly if it's the whole body, but it, yeah. even if you look down the sideline, uh-huh. when we were watching that one live, I know I texted you because uh, it looked, I mean, it looked good to me and definitely close enough that I think it was worth challenging. But sure. I'm pretty sure that even if, regardless of if your whole body has to be in or can be in or not, I'm fairly confident that the ball actually crossed the plane after yeah. he caught it. So, like, yeah. it, we would have won that one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, definitely. I just didn't understand why Zach had yeah. to just, you know, get everybody on into the line. He rushed that. I'm like, he said that uh, the coaches from the press box couldn't really see it. I'm like, well, I mean, there was an official that literally saw that. And, I mean, I thought, I was gonna, I thought they were going to do a booth review, but no, Zach just had the team rush to the line and just snapped the ball so that was a that was a bummer and then another one I don't know if you caught this but remember okay that was okay it was still the same drive it was second and goal and the Bengals ran an option play with Hayden Hurst and okay why would you run that why would you run an option play with your tight end in the goal line I was like huh was that the one where we tried to do like the Travis Kelsey Mahomes yeah. deal? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I see what you're doing, but not, no, that's not the time. Like, I know you're trying to trick the Steelers, but no, don't run that play. I did that. Oh my gosh. So that, that really confused me. So, all right, I'm done with my negatives. Like, you can, there's, there's probably more negatives on this game for the Bengals, but. Let's go to the positives. Dude, Jamar Chase is a superstar. And like, like I said in the podcast last week, he's going to be the MVP of this team. He was obviously the MVP on, on this team on Sunday. Ten catches, ten first downs. That's a crazy stat. 129 yards receiving and a touchdown. Well, it could have been two. Oh, yeah, by the way, he almost had probably the catch, well, so far, the catch of the year where he wanted to catch it. He would have got that second foot down. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I screamed. I was like, oh, my God. Did he just caught that? And he was that close, like almost that close. But Jamar Chase is, boy, we're lucky. And I texted you today, like, I still can't believe we got him. Like, I know we wanted to draft an O-line, but an O-lineman, but I'm glad we drafted Jamar Chase because he's he's a generation type of player. And he's a great one. So I'm glad he's with the Bengals. And... Let's see what else stood out to me that are positives. Oh, Ted Carreras and Alice Kappa, they did a solid job. And the Bengals' rush defense is elite. They held Najee Harris to 10 carries for 23 yards. Like every time Mitchell Trubisky will hand the ball off to Najee, it's, you just saw a reader 
and Hubbard and Henderson just corralled on him. And I'm like, yo, this defense is playing with a purpose. Like they, that this Bengals defense, they feel like they're being disrespected and they are because nobody is really talking about them, but whew, that's an elite rush defense. And Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, that's a linebacker duo we, the NFL doesn't really talk about. They're they're so underrated. They're so underrated. I like that duo. They had a great game. And Trey Hendrickson's just a force. Like, that dude, He <laughs> every time I see Trey, like, he's always talking. Like, he's always talking shit, and I love it. And he's just a force out there. And we talked about Hayden Hurst. He's such a weapon on offense. He had five catches for 46 yards, including that nice toe, that tip um, catch toe tap in the um, sideline in overtime. That was beautiful. Mm, so I agree. He is such a weapon. And then this is not a positive because T. Higgins got hurt. And unfortunately, he left the game for concussion. He's on concussion protocol this week. Hopefully, we'll get an update either tomorrow or Thursday. But the value of T. Higgins is so important because remember when we were driving the ball, obviously, it was the play where obviously we thought that Jamar Chase had a touchdown. It was first and goal and Burr threw a ball to Mike Thomas and he obviously was expected to get hit and he dropped the ball. Those are the type of catches T Higgins make. And like the, the value of T is so important to this team. And yeah, we, we need him because he's definitely a number one guy in any other NFL team. So hopefully T gets better because we need him. And oh yeah, by the way, Evan McPherson to the to the people out there that are saying that he's the reason the Bengals lost or he is not a good kicker because he missed an <laughs> extra point, which wasn't his fault, because whoever didn't block Minka Fitzpatrick in that, in that play, um, you're going to be in trouble in practice this week. And the – was it? Okay, he just shanked the 29-yarder one in overtime. But it was a bad snap, and the laces weren't lined up correctly. And he just – yeah. But Evan did said that, you know, he should have made those kicks. Obviously, he's not going to throw his teammates under the bus. But still, to the people out there that are saying that he stinks, you guys are – what? This guy made a 59-yard field goal in the first quarter, setting a franchise record. That field goal literally could have went from 70. And you're saying he's not a good kicker because those two kicks he made – or not okay, those, those two kicks were not his fault. You, so that's – automatically just think he's not a good kicker because of those instances really right okay. and okay. yeah the extra point was not his fault at all no even the field goal that he shanked like he shanked it but huber it, it was a bad snap so it was really mm-hmm. high by the time huber pulled it down he didn't have time to fix the laces so i'm pretty sure he kicked the laces and that's why he shanked it but that one made me <laughs> that one i was not to go back to the negatives once again, but like that one I was really bummed about because I, I get in the moment, you just, you're doing the things that you're used to doing, but that was only third down and we had timeouts left. I wish that Huber would have just fallen on it and tried it again because he knew that it was a bad snap. I know it's your instinct to just put it down and get it where the kicker can kick it, but it, he could have just fallen down. And even if he fell down and lost that seven yards, it still would have been like a 30 yard field goal. And then we could have tried the snap again and gave it another run. Exactly. But agreed, not Evan's fault for the no. ones that he missed. One got blocked. One was a bad hold, bad snap. And then he did make literally the franchise record of a field goal and right. with ease. Right. 
Like, we're not going to bash Mitchell Wilcox because he was literally put under fire. Like, what I've learned from this game, everybody in the 53-man roster matters. And Clark Harris, Clark Harris, he's a big weapon because a long snapper, it's not all about just hiking the ball to the, to the snap. It's just it's a lot more than that. Like it's you gotta be like really like on point with that. So and I believe he hurt his biceps and it's looking like he's gonna be out for the season, but he's gonna get a second opinion this week. So either way the Bengals do have a guy they already signed out of the practice squad. I'm trying to figure out this guy's name through Google. Do you know how I, I I must have I don't know if I missed this. Did they say how he tore his biceps? Okay, so I okay I should not be saying this, but I know an official that was officiating the game on Sunday. I won't say his name, but ain't nobody listening to this podcast. But <laughs> he told me that Clark Harris was attempting to tax some tax him. He was attempting to tackle somebody and that's how he hurt his bicep. Mm, that's that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I really that yeah. So hopefully he said that Clark Harris well Clark Harris said that he's not gonna retire after that. He's like he's like, I'm not no, there's no way I'm retiring. So <laughs> that's he's good. definitely yeah, he's definitely gonna come back next year. So yeah, so let's not bash on Mitchell Wilcox. Okay, he's a, he's a, believe he's a, he's a back, yeah, backup tight end. So yeah, you guys need to relax. <laughs> Stop blaming that man. He was put on the fire. So agreed. They, right. he had, yeah, he he did the best he could. I, you know, it's an impossible situation to ask him to come in and do well for. And yeah. I think that seemingly nobody helped him get the blocking done right <laughs> after he snapped it because the first snap when they blocked the extra point it like it didn't get blocked because of him you know like just no one blocked Fitzpatrick yeah yeah that and before that it it, it took like five minutes like I'm like are we gonna get this going like let's hurry up let's, let's hurry up like I just knew it it took forever I'm like okay we're we're gonna miss this like it was so. It was such a dramatic extra point that I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, something, something bad's gonna happen. I just had a feeling we're gonna. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But overall, you turned the ball over five times. You missed two field goals. An extra point was blocked. You missed a challenge opportunity. Teague left the game concussion. All of that took an overtime period, and Chris Boswell to win it from 53 yards at the buzzer to be beaten. So. It, <sighs> It's 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 kind of crazy that the Bengals had a shot to win this game. They should have won, and we just got to move on. It's on to Dallas. But earlier I said about the Bengals offensive line. So here are the grades. All right, Pro Football Focus. Shout out to PFF. Really great. I look at that stat like all the line all the time. So Jalen Williams had a grade of seventy six point one. Cordell Volson, the rookie left guard out of South North blah, 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 South Dakota State. 74.2. Ted Carreras, a center, 84.4. Alex Kappa, 78.0. And then, is it Liel or Lyle Collins? I can't pronounce it. I think it's that. Lyle. Lyle Collins? Okay. Well, Collins had a really rough day. Yes, TJ Watt was everywhere. And by the way, 
TJ Watt is that trying to, I don't know how to word this. He's he's a great player. Like he's one of the best defensive ends in the NFL, but he is so so dirty. Like and I hope he gets better. I think he's not gonna have surgery on his on his pec. I think he's gonna be out for about six weeks. So that's good. But dude, you that man plays dirty and he, he needs to stop that. Especially when he plays against the Bengals. It's like He's always he's going he's always going after Joe Burrow, man. Like, ah, damn. Like, TJ. Yeah, the, stop. the one play, like, I, I don't know what other dirty stuff that he did, but the one that I hated was when he threw the picks when Joe Burrow threw the pick six on that first drive, or what yeah, what that first throw. Mm-hmm. And Burrow wasn't even like going over to try to tackle Mink Fitzpatrick. He was just like jogging over and TJ Watch comes in and clocks him for literally no reason. Like Technically, it's legal because you're blocking, but it's just scummy because you didn't need to do it. Right. Like, Burr was there, and then Ted was there. Like, you could have blocked Ted, but you decided to go after Joe, and you launched pretty much where he had his appendectomy surgery. So I was like, dude, that was uncalled for. Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, stop it. So, but... Yeah, Collins is great was 49.3. I believe he did well in the second half. And then when TJ went out with the injury, he played better. So I think Collins is going to be fine. But out of all the offensive linemen on the team, 49.3. But honestly, when you when you dig into all the offensive line and seven sacks and all oh, the same Bengals old line, they did quite decent. Here's what I took away from it is that Joe wasn't even pressured a lot, you know. He just didn't handle the pressure well, and the pressure was converted to sacks. I'm that he holds on the ball way too long, and yep. and whenever pressure comes, that's where like he'll just like take the sack, and then Wall just be like, "Oh, the offensive line," but I'm just screaming like, "Joe, get rid of the ball or start running," even though I don't want you to run because I don't want you to get clobbered, but. At the same time, it's just like, just throw the ball away. I mean, that's the reason why there is you can throw the ball. You can throw the football away and live for another down. So I think the Bengals offensive line is going to be okay. It was obviously a shaky start because they haven't played with each other. But overall in this game, I think they did perfectly fine, honestly. I so. think, yeah. I mean, the, the sacks make it look a lot worse than they did. I agree yeah. that Burrow was holding on too long. And I can't really tell. That was one thing that I was hoping Burrow would work on and fix, and he still might the rest of this year and just struggled game one. But I was hoping that something that would get improved was him taking checkdowns instead mm-hmm. of taking sacks. Because uh, however many times there was P. Ryan or Mixon, you know, right out on a swing route or someone right in front of him on a flat, where, yeah, you're only going to get a couple yards. But if you trust Mixon to, maybe break a tackle or juke someone out, you might get four or five yards. And instead we're taking a sack or throwing a pick. And there's just a couple of situations like that with the turnovers and with the sacks where I was hoping in this game one, that Burrow was going to come out and look very polished in that department. And Mm -hmm. he did not, which was a little bit of a bummer, but I do think I have confidence that he'll figure that out and be better about it going forward. I also can't tell necessarily how much of that is entirely on him and how much of that is bad play calling because I don't know if Zach Taylor is only calling plays that 
you need to have a really amazing offensive line for like a lot of deep routes, a lot mm-hmm. of crossers and stuff like that, where people are all over the place and the defense was just lining up well, but mm-hmm. So there could be part of that where the play calling was just terrible and Burrow had to deal with what was there. But there were several times, even with certain play calls, where he would get sacked when sacked when on the TV we can see a two-yard checkdown route that sometimes you just got to take those. Sure, yeah. That's a, that's a good point with the checkdowns, yeah. It's just – I think he just needs to just, you know – I just don't want him to get killed out there, and I don't – want a quarterback to be on the ground a lot and I don't mind Joe Burrow running the football because he did have some nice runs in this game and I just don't want him to be running all the time and like you said I think the checkdowns are very important and also Joe Mixon had a really good game he had 27 carries for 82 rushing yards against a really good Steelers run defense and also Mixon Mixon had seven catches for 63 yards so he had a really good game so he also yeah. yeah That's another thing too with with Mixon is the if you just looked at the stats and didn't watch the game, you'd be like, oh, he only averaged three yards a carry. That's terrible, and that is terrible. But realistically, in the game itself, almost every single time that he touched the ball, he got hit before he even got back to the line of scrimmage. So getting three yards at all out of a lot of those plays is kind of a success. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a He's a tough running back, and he's a very after-contact type of player. Like, he keeps his his legs moving. So, he had a good game. Tyler Boyd had a touchdown reception. So, you know, overall, offense is in preseason mode, <laughs> to say the least. But I believe in the next couple of weeks, you'll see the Bengals offense just play much better. You'll see the turnovers obviously go down. And also, did Chris Evans play that all? Did he get hurt? Like, I, didn't, I didn't see him in there at all. I don't know if he got hurt and just or, didn't hear about it or if they just aren't using him for some reason, but I didn't see him at all. I was very confused. Maybe he wasn't – I don't know, but I was, that's my breakout player of the year for the Bengals and on the team. So I'm like, where's Evans? But I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I, I hope he's playing on Sunday. So, all right, we got to move on from the Steeler game. We'll see the Steelers – in November, that will be the 20th, and that will be a Sunday night game. So I can't wait for that. And also, the Steelers' offense looked like a JV offense, to be honest. <laughs> like, they didn't turn the ball over, so credit for them. That's the reason That's the reason why they won. They, they didn't really do much, but they didn't turn the football over. Trubisky didn't throw any picks, but he got lucky on one scramble play. I don't – I believe you remember this, when he was scrambling and then – he had he held the ball out there and Trey was about to like knock that yeah. out. Oh, he was that close. He was that close. I'm like, damn. I was waiting for that Trubisky turnover to happen. I was waiting for that that moment right there. But whatever, Steelers, you you got this one. So Bengals didn't deserve the win, but we'll see them back in. I don't know what's the name of the stadium. I, I still call it Heinz Field. Whatever. We gotta move on. All right, we're on to Dallas. So. This game, oh boy, it's, it's obviously. I hate the I hate the wording "must win," but I think it is a must win because for the Bengals, not only do you lose to the Steelers, you lose a game in the division, you lose a game in the AFC standings, so that could be potential tiebreakers. So I think the Bengals just have to they just have to play better. This Sunday, it I 
they have to win. I don't want to say must win, but they just, they just need to win. Just win. Just play better, and you'll you'll win this game because the Cowboys got their own issues. Dak Prescott's out with a thumb injury. Initially, it was six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones said today that he's not going to go on IR and that he's only going to miss, like, four games. Whatever. The Cowboys are not even going anywhere this year. So, Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. By the way, the Cowboys should never be playing on national TV. I Watching that game, I was like, what am I – this is stupid. Like, you could have put, like – let's see, what other games in the 1 o'clock window could have been, like, Sunday Night Worthy? Like – Hell, you could have put the Browns and Panthers, like, I mean, because of Baker playing against Girl. his old team. Like, 19 to 3? Like, Cowboys' only team in the NFL didn't score a touchdown in week one. So, I don't know what that say about Tampa Bay's defense, because Buccaneers do have a, they have a solid defense. They're not like top 10, but they're solid. But to hold the Cowboys to three points in their home stadium, oof. But Cowboys still have a great defense led by Mika Parsons, who I'm going to have nightmares about leading up to Sunday at 425 p.m. And with Dak being out, that means a backup quarterback will be starting against the Cincinnati Bengals, and this time it's Cooper Rush. Not Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush. And Cooper Cup did play a game last year for the Cowboys in a Sunday night game in Minnesota. They beat the Vikings, right? My NFC championship pick team. By the way, the Vikings did beat the Packers this past week. And just letting y'all know, that's my uh, team that I have going to NFC championship game. But anyways, but you were telling me, you texted me this this morning saying that this game on Sunday against the Cowboys has that Mike White vibes. If you don't know who Mike White is, he was, he is still currently the Jets backup quarterback to Joe Flacco, who's like 3,000 years old. Mike White last year, torched the Bengals for 400 yards and leading up to that game I was kind of nervous because the Bengals in their history hasn't done well against backup quarterbacks and enter Cooper Rush and I don't know dude I have I have a I have a, a low-key bad feeling that something's gonna happen but the Bengals defense is good the Bengals defense need to realize that you're playing against an offense that doesn't have their best quarterback obviously, that doesn't have their quarterback. So you need to take advantage of that. You have a great run defense. Overall, the Bengals' defense is elite. You have to take advantage of playing against a backup quarterback. You have to get to him. Have that same mindset like you had against the Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky. Take that on Cooper Rush, okay? You're the better team. So how are you feeling on Sunday? Because I don't know, man. I just feel kind of, I just feel kind of like – anxious <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those situations where at you know this the same time last week when we were doing this podcast before the season started we were going through games and I was like okay Steelers will be a win even when before Dak got hurt I was like we should beat the Cowboys because they you're right they they have probably an even worse offensive line than we do they really only have C.D. Lamb, who only caught like two or three passes for very not much yardage yesterday or whenever that was Sunday. And they don't have a ton going for them, truthfully. They're kind of uh, – and they get a lot of penalties. So I think that we just need to capitalize on their own mistakes. I believe that we will. I'm 
not sure if I'm just nervous based on how we came out and looked against Pittsburgh in week one, but I, I, I believe that we'll win, but I don't think it will be by very much. I think that this is going to be a very close game because for whatever reason, we can never do anything with backup quarterbacks. Mike White smoked us last year, even though the Jets have very few talented receivers and he went off for 400 and I just, I also do not have a great feeling about this one. I have to assume that we're going to end up winning this one, but I am not confident like I should be. But I still think we'll win. There's a lot to, we can exploit them penalizing themselves. They make a lot of penalties. They do a lot of things poorly. I assume Trayvon Diggs is going to be guarding Jamar Chase. And Trayvon Diggs, for as many picks as he had last year, he also got burnt on several routes last year. And if anyone has the capability to do that to him, it's definitely Jamar Chase. A lot of good things to look forward to, but we have to get after the quarterback. We have a really solid defensive line. They're playing a backup. Even if they sign someone else and don't use Cooper Rush, they're, no matter who they use, it's going to be a backup. And we need to put pressure on them, make it way harder and uncomfortable <laughs> for them to do anything in this game. And hopefully that'll be enough. It'll be a, a battle of two terrible clock managers, which I'm not looking forward to watching. <laughs> oh, it, it, yeah. yeah that's, I, I feel that. I really do. Like, I'm looking at stats from the Cowboys last week. Sunday against the Buccaneers. Zeke only had 10 touches for 52 yards. And you talk about C.D. Lamb only having two catches. The leading receiver was Noah Brown, who had five catches for 68 yards. And yeah. It's not intimidating. Like, I'm not scared of the numbers. I'm not scared of their roster. I'm only scared of our own team. (laughs) You know what I mean? Pretty much it. Yeah, it's the Bengals. I'm scared of the Bengals. Like, (laughs) You would think that, right? You would think that Mixon should have a good day running the football because Leonard Fournette had 21 carries for 127 yards, and in this game, so Tom Brady had two carries for minus one. (laughs) But (laughs) oh yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. I'm not trying to look at that video. Damn, yeah, that got hit. Yeah, yikes. But you have a score for this game. Because I'm like trying to, I'm trying to think of a score, but I, all I know is that this game is going to be too dramatic than it should have, that it should be. Like it's going to be dramatic. Like something's going to happen. We're going to start yelling. I'm going to be like, this is this is stupid. Like this should not happen again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to flip my own pessimism from this podcast that I've brought so far and bring it to some optimism. So. I am picking us to win. Again, I don't think it'll be by much. Not that, yeah. Just, I don't know, the Bengals make me nervous in general. And even when I have optimism and I'm excited, there's there's always just, sometimes things just go wrong for whatever reason. But I think that if I was going to put a score on it, I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring than what, we kind of went with last week. You got to okay. think 
the Cowboys only scored three points with Dak Prescott, and the Buccaneers' defense is not like that much better than ours. If we're thinking like from a roster perspective, mm-hmm. so I think it'll be like like twenty to ten us. Okay. Okay. You know that's funny because I was hmm, I was thinking around. 23-13 like yeah i feel like we're going to we're going to score some points but i feel like our offense is still going to struggle a little bit but it won't be to the point where we're going to turn the ball over five times now if the first play of the game on our offensive possession in this game on sunday if anything happens with like a sack i'll take the sack but if it's a turnover i might start getting like negative but i'll try not to but i just want us to come out and we have to be the physical team from like the get-go because the steelers they set the tone on defense and they were just like saying that we're gonna be the physical team and they were and i told and i think i said this on the podcast last week that i had a feeling that steelers gonna come out and punch us in the mouth and they did in the first half they did so i i want the Bengals to have that mentality in this game not only in the first half, but throughout the rest of the game. Like, just continue to punch them in the mouth and continue to wear them down because you're the better team. And eventually, our depth is going to, you know, obviously make that Dallas Cowboys team just – they're going to get worn down, you know, eventually because we have better players. But it's about executing, not turning the ball over, having a solid running game, and then having Joe Burrow have a bounce-back game, which I believe he will. I believe Jamar Chase will be Jamar Chase. But I look for Hayden Hurst to have a good game as well in this one. So, And I hope Chris Evans plays in this game because I think he's he can definitely be a factor in this game if the Bengals do play him. So 23-16. Okay, now it's 23-16. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think that I'm assuming that who knows? We I I hope that we don't get a sack and then a, a pick on the first couple of plays on offense, but it probably wouldn't be a terrible idea. I'm assuming the Cowboys think that they're just gonna have a field day on us from yeah. offensive and defensive line. We ought to just run a couple really like running back screen routes to mix in and like quick slants and quick things like that to start off and get us a little bit of a tempo mix it up get some rhythm going mix it up and if if they come out and try to get after the quarterback from the first play of the game and hope that burrow makes a mistake let's just bite him in the ass and throw some screens and get that working for sure this game has that type of feel from last year's game in denver where joe didn't throw a lot of yards but we won it because of our defense. And when we did throw the ball, Tyler Boyd had that touchdown reception late in the third, late out. I think it was late in the third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter. So this game has that Denver Broncos feeling from last year. So I think that if we just play good defense. If we run the ball for the physical team from the get-go, then we should be okay. So, mm-hmm. all right. Before this podcast ends, this has been a good podcast so far. Any takes from week one other than the Bengals Steelers? Anything that caught your eye from across the league? I'll give you my my favorite and my least favorite moment from week one if you okay. want it. 
So two moments for my favorite moment. One was Saquon Barkley getting back into it and just going to town. I I really like Saquon Barkley. I think he's fun to watch. I'm I hate when, you know, a lot of times it's out of their control, but I hate when really, really good players end up getting hurt and can't stay healthy because it just it sucks to watch guys like that not really be able to play. And so I hope that he stays healthy. I don't really care one way or the other about the Giants, but I like Barkley and hope that he continues to have games like that because he's really fun to watch. And I also loved watching Geno Smith last night. I'm I'm generally a, a big Russ fan, and so I was a little bummed that he lost in his return, but um, good for Geno Smith. I was... I was clowning him earlier in the week a little bit. Like I not like I wouldn't be scared of playing Geno Smith and the Seattle team they have right now, but props to them. They were well coached. They were prepared for the moment and they used their fans to their advantage. So both of those were were good moments for me. And then my my least favorite moment of week one was Nathaniel Hackett fucking calling his timeouts when there was fifteen seconds left in the game, two timeouts, and it was first down. They kneel the ball and he uses both timeouts to make them kneel it three times. It was like, what a loser. Can't stand this dude. I don't even, I've, I've watched him for one game. I knew nothing about him before the season, but I already can't stand the dude. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh my God. How about you? Any, any good week ones? Hey man, you, I I like those. (laughs) My, my favorite moment is, Man, Justin Jefferson balled out against the Green Bay Packers. At one point, he had more receiving yards than the Packers had in total yards of offense. (laughs) And my boy, Cup Cousins, who I said in the podcast last week, was going (laughs) to ball out this year and lead the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. He did well. And I know you text me saying he's a regular season warrior or hero, (laughs) and then he's like a postseason blunder. I I get it. I get it. But, hey, that's a – that was a statement win for the Vikings. I don't care the Packers don't have Devontae Adams, blah, blah. But the, the Vikings got a good defense. So, I think that was my favorite moment. The Vikings just put it out there that, hey, we're, 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 we're going to be for real. And then my lease is, man, them, them fucking Falcons, man. Like, I picked the Falcons. <laughs> what is up with the Falcons and them choking up double-digit leads in football games? Like, God, yeah. like. We, me and Tommy do a weekly pick them. Had the Falcons upsetting the Saints, and I was looking through the the CBS scoreboard in the bottom screen during the whole Bengals game, and I'm like, okay, look at that, Falcons up twenty six to ten, and then like an hour later, it says Saints twenty eight, Falcons twenty six, and I'm like, you motherfuckers! <laughs> like, what is up with the Falcons, man? I, like after that Super Bowl, they're like just allergic to double digit leads. Uh, clockwork clockwork right like oh my gosh like i don't know why i'm upset because i really want to do well this year in the weekly pickums. but damn come on falcons and then if i had another one my least favorite thing from week one is that everybody in the afc north won but us Mm, yeah so i'm kind of salty about that like the browns had a 23 to 7 lead over the Panthers. And then again, like 45 minutes later, I look at this, I look in the bottom of the screen and the scoreboard. It's 24 23 Panthers. I'm like, oh shit, the Browns are going to blow the game. And then Cade York hits a 58 yard field goal. 
I'm just like, all right, cool. And the Ravens just, you know, smacked the Jets. And I think the Jets are going to be improved this year. I think the Jets do have potential talent. Sauce did play well in his debut, but Ravens, Ravens look good. And then obviously the Steelers beat the Bengals, but that was by default because, you know, we just didn't have a long snapper and we have five turnovers and all that shit. So, yeah. Kind of sorry that everybody in the North won, but that's why hey, it's okay. It's only one game, and also I talked to a couple of people that are you know Bengals fans, and they're like already overreacting, saying, "Oh my gosh, the same old line. Oh my gosh, this team can't live up to expectations. Oh, the Super Bowl was just a one week blunder," and I'm just like, "Damn, game one, you're you're already like you're already calling it quits." Okay. Bye. This is the reason why you're only Bengals fan since last year. Like, <laughs> like, just shut up. Like, you don't, you don't have to be in this anymore. You can, you can go, but don't come back when the Bengals like if say they do, which they won't say they just like annihilate the Cowboys. Like, oh, who they was back? Ah, fuck out of here. Get True. Out. I mean, <laughs> when you've been a lifelong Bengals fan, you've seen a lot worse shit than what we just watched last weekend. Right. So. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I think last week was just. There was just so many things happening, and it was just an ugly ass football game that it just sucked that we lost because we should have won the game. But you know, true. So you gotta move on. On to Dallas. That game's at four twenty-five on CBS, so we get a chance to watch the one o'clock games, or you can take a nap before the game. But yeah. Ooh, oh yeah, Tony Romo's gonna be on the call for that game on Sunday. Oh great, he's get to call it with his former team. <laughs> That should be interesting. I don't mind Romo. I think he is a good annou- announcer, but sometimes it'd be like, "That's okay, Tony. You're a little bit too much right now." But that should yeah. Be- I I like Tony in the booth. It'll be interesting since he's commentating a Cowboys game. So we'll see how how much he he's biased towards them, I guess. But <laughs> for the most part, I like him. And going back to your your Vikings pick, I don't know if I'm fully hopping on the bandwagon yet, but I, I need to see Kirk Cousins go off in the playoffs Listen. or at least not blow it in the playoffs. But I they they looked really good on all ends of the field. And I think that 10 years from now, we're going to look back and see that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson all on the same team is going to be like crazy that they were all allowed to be on the same team. Oh, my gosh. That, that LSU team in 2019, right? Like, jeez. Like, Burrow threw for, like, what, 63 touchdowns, something like that in his senior year? Like, the fact so. that – yeah, the fact that those three were on the same team is just uh, – that's unbelievable. Like, I can't believe Crazy. that. can't believe that. Well, Tommy, it's been a pleasure, my guy. And I, I think you're going to Europe, right? So – Yeah. I won't hear from you next week, so we won't do a podcast together next week. It's okay. I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll recap this game by myself. Let's hope the Bengals win. Let's hope the Bengals win. <laughs> True. Yeah, I'll be I'll be gone for like a, a week, so I'll make sure we, we catch up when I get back. But hopefully they can – maybe they'll be able to win with me gone. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Well, all right, guys, we're out. This has been another episode of the Depressed and Night Sports Fan Podcast. Also, 
thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. We had really good feedback from our podcast we did together last week. So I think people really like us, you know, doing a podcast together. So don't worry, guys. We'll we'll have more of that during the season. So I'm looking forward to it. Tommy, you have a great week. Safe travels to Europe. And I will see you guys. Oh, I'll see you guys on Sunday because after the Bengals Cowboys game, I'm doing an instant reaction podcast. Let's help them in a better mood. If they lose, then you're going to get 0 and 2 Jesse mood. And that, you don't want that. <laughs> All right, Tommy. I'll catch you later, man. I'll catch you guys on Sunday. Who day? I'm out. <laughs>